Revelation chapter number 21. We've been talking the last few weeks going through the book of Revelation and going through tribulation period, going through times of judgment, going through times of difficulty, going through times of just utter devastation on the earth. And the last couple of weeks we've been talking about judgment. And I'm ready and I'm glad God's going to let us talk about heaven today. Amen? Amen. I I was re- thinking this morning about the message today and you know everybody everybody's got an opinion. Has anybody found that out yet? Everybody's got an opinion. And most of the time everybody's got an opinion for your life. Amen. And and that's okay. It's okay to have an opinion and it's okay to have a preference and a want and and, and let's just I, I was thinking this morning I said Man, it's going to be great when we get to heaven because God's going to have a bluegrass section and, and God's going to have an opera section and, and God's going to have a contemporary section and, and then God's going to have a traditional section. You know what? I was thinking that and I was going to tell you all that and God said, son, wait a minute. When you get to heaven, ain't none of that going to matter. He said, you're going to be with me. <laughs> and I got to thinking, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, one day, everything that we think is such a big deal, everything that we strain at and everything that we cross hairs and split hairs over ain't even going to matter. Give God praise and glory. Amen. Heaven, heaven. Revelation 21 in verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death. How many of y'all have somebody waiting on you in heaven? Raise your hand. We're going to a place where you'll never stand in front of a wooden box again. No more death. No more death. No more sorrow. Nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are what? Passed away. I like the verse in the Bible. It says, and it came to pass. Every sorrow you're going through has come to pass. It has not come to stay. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Number one, he's with me. Number two, I ain't going to be here long. Amen. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Church, say amen. Let's go to the Lord and word of prayer. Brother Donnie, baby, if you'll get my glasses off my desk. And Brother Donnie, if you'll lead us in prayer. Thank you this morning.
How many of you like to travel? You like to go places and see things and so forth. How many of y'all know when you, when you go and you travel and you get to that place, and it doesn't matter how exciting that place is, whether it's Disney World or whether it's the Grand Canyon or, or no matter what it is, and you, you, you've, I mean, you, you've looked all summer long, you've prepared and you've saved money to go to this place, and, and here you spent, you spent three or four days or five days, and, and then all of a sudden you start feeling something. As exciting as it is, there's a, there's a, there's a tug taking place and 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 as much as you enjoyed being there and as much as you look forward to being there there, there's something that starts taking place in your soul and in your heart and 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 you got first of all you start thinking about the dogs at home say amen you start you start thinking about the thing and and there is a there is a tug taking place and boy you can't wait to get back home Little boy was out flying a kite, and, and he had so much string out in the kite, you couldn't see it. You couldn't see the kite. And, and a gentleman walked up to him and said, said, young man, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm, I'm flying a kite. I'm flying a kite. He says, well, I don't see it. He says, how do you know it's up there? He says, because I can feel the tug. <laughs> you say, what do you mean? What's that mean? Well, how do you know heaven's up there? Oh, I can, I can feel the tug. I can feel the tug. Heaven, heaven. I, I told y'all I have a vivid imagination. I have a good one. I mean, I, I sometimes I just sit and think about what it's going to be like. I, when I went to, when I went to Bible college, I, uh, uh, I'd never been away from home in my life. I grew up in a real, real regimented, uh, 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 protected life I guess you'd want to say and and man I'd, I'd never been away from home all any any time in my life and 18 years just turned 18 years old went to South Carolina and 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 some for some people it probably isn't that big a deal and you wouldn't think nothing of it because maybe uh the life or the family you grew up in but ours was very close I mean it didn't matter if I went Joe went or or my cousin Randy or my cousin Mark or whatever we were all tight and close and and I left a place of coconuts and palm trees say amen to go to a place where there was uh, snow and, and, and ice and, and weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Say amen right there. I went to Bible college in South Carolina. It was cold as I've ever been in my life. I mean, I'm telling you, in, in, in Florida, when it's, when it's 35 degrees in Florida, I mean, you, you, you lock up and go home. I mean, you, do, you don't do nothing this time. That's like the winter break, amen? It doesn't matter what you do. You, it's just it's too cold to do anything. Well, there it was 25 degrees. I was sitting, I was sitting uh, in, in, at Kimberly Clark in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, Scott, I don't know if you remember that over there, and, and uh, over at the, the, the industrial place over there. And uh, I was working with a landscape company, and we was out there trimming bushes and trimming crepe myrtles. I've hated crepe myrtles ever since. Amen. I know we got a yard full of them, but that's Miss Robin's fault. She put them there. Amen. She said, oh, I love them, and, and, and we were cutting up yesterday as we were trimming. And by the way, she allowed me to trim the hedges yesterday with that electric hedge trimmer, and I only cut the cord in half three times. Say amen. <laughs> I, I cut it twice, and I went and got another one, and then, and then, and then Brother Dustin fixed that one. And, and I mean, right after lunch, he fixed that one. One swipe, wham, cut it again. Amen. So I'm not allowed to cut hedges no more around Temple. I don't. 
But we were cutting those hedges, and, and man, I started, I started feeling that tug. I was homesick. I'm telling you, I was homesick as I've ever been in my life. This little girl went, this little girl went over to a stayover, and the first time she'd ever been at a, at a, at a stayover at, at a fr- little friend's house, and, and it was okay during the day, but when the night came, she started feeling a little, you know, a little antsy and a little nervous and a little scared. And, and the, mama, the mama said, honey, are you getting homesick? She says, no, ma'am, I'm getting here sick. And, you know, I, I was sitting there trimming them hedges, and, and, it's, and Kimberly Clark's right beside the, the airport, and, and I was seeing, I was watching planes that would, would take off and then start flying south. And, boy, all I could think about, I wonder if that one's going to Florida. I wonder if that one's going toward home. And then I remember my first trip back. I mean, when it came time and I had to go back, I believe it was for a wedding, I believe it was for Tracy's wedding, Tracy and Shane's wedding. And, uh, and, and, man, I was so excited. I was so pumped. And all the way home, I was thinking about what was it going to be like? What was it going to be like? Are they going to welcome me at the door? Is there going to be? I mean, I've been gone three months, and I'm looking for a banner like I come back from Iraq or something, you know? And, and, and I was thinking, and, and I, all I kept remembering is those Christmas commercials, those Folgers commercials where the, where the soldier's coming home, and he turns on the coffee, and it, don't even act like y'all ain't never thought that. Amen. <laughs> and I'm thinking, boy, what's it going to be like? And I was so excited. I was so excited, got home. Do you ever think that this world is not our home? We sing the song, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And you know, we sing it and we preach it and we talk about it. But sometimes I don't think we really live like we believe it. Because when stuff starts happening down here, we start losing our mind. We start freaking out. We start, we start wondering, what in the world is going on? Has God fallen? Hey, listen, it's supposed to be that way. It is sp- supposed to get bad down here. God is wanting us uncomfortable with this world. If we were comfortable with it, we wouldn't want to leave it. But it's just like the mother eagle who takes out the fur and the feathers out of the nest so the sticks would poke up through. She wants them baby eaglets to get uncomfortable with that nest because they were not supposed to stay in that nest. They were supposed to soar like an eagle. And God doesn't want us getting too comfortable in this world. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Listen, this is, this is not our final home. Heaven. Home. Sweet home. Brother Dave, I had markers on the way home. You'd hit, go down 25 till you hit, uh, what's the one that cuts across, cuts across Georgia? The interstate that goes through Statesboro and 16, Interstate 16. So that was one. Oh, I already got to 16. Then you take 16 over to Savannah, hit 95. All right, we're all ready to, to Savannah. Then you, take, then you take from Savannah down to Jacksonville. Boy, we're almost home now. And Jacksonville was almost the halfway point. And, boys, you got closer and closer and closer. Man, you got more excited. And it, and it just seemed like you got faster and faster and faster on the way home. I want to talk just a few minutes, just a couple points today about home sweet home you say preacher it's getting rough down here i know it but this ain't our home 
Preacher, things are happening in my life that I don't understand. I know it, but we're not home. We're not home. You know, Squire Parsons penned it well when he wrote the songs, I'm kind of homesick for a country. Listen, in Revelation 21, verse 1, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. I used to think, I used to think when I read that when I was a little old bitty kid, I used to think, now why would God destroy his own home? Why would he destroy heaven? Earth is where it's screwed up. Why is he going to tear up heaven? And I had a misunderstanding and a misconception of what this verse means. You know, when I think heaven and I say the word heaven, well, that's where God is. How many of many y'all think that? That's, well, heaven, that's where God, you know, earth and heaven. When we die, we're going to go to? Yeah, that's where God is, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. But this is a little different. In the word of God, there's three heavens described. There's three heavens described. There's the first heaven which is the atmospheric heaven. It's where the birds fly and the clouds are and we feel the wind and the breeze and the air. That's the atmospheric heaven. That's the first heaven. Which one? That is the first heaven. But then you go past the first heaven out of our atmosphere and you get into the what's called the stellar heavens or where the stars and the moon and the, and the sun and the planets and, and all of the universe that you see. That is the second heaven that's not the first heaven that's not where the birds fly that's not where our atmosphere is that's the that's the stellar heavens or the what we see beyond our our atmosphere that we live in that's the second heaven well most people there's been astronauts to go up up into the second heaven and they would say listen we we can see all around and we don't see god anywhere that's because you didn't go far enough listen there is what's called the third heaven say that with me the the third heaven, Paul talked about it. Paul described it, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1. He says, it is not expedient for me, to, uh, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He said, let me tell you about something. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into, what's that word? Paradise. And he heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, let me help you with something. Uh, that verse tells me, be careful of reading these books about people that's died and gone to heaven and come back and wants to tell you all about it. Because I, I personally don't believe that if, if God ain't going to allow Paul to write about it, he ain't going to allow Jesse to write about it. Okay. So be careful with that. I'm not going to tell you not to buy the book. I would rather you put it in the building fund. Say amen. Be careful. Paul got to go where nobody else has ever gone. Paul got to go, and he called it two things. He called it the third heaven, and he called it paradise. Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. I believe the third heaven is the paradise. I believe the third heaven is where God dwells. I believe it's, it's the country, if you want to use that terminology, it's the country where God is. God is everywhere. God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at the same time. There is nowhere that he ain't there. Say amen. But this is paradise. This is a place that Paul got to go to and, and Paul is telling us about it. There was a time in his life and by the way, that is why he received the thorn in the flesh because he got to see what no other man could ever see and he, got, he had to be kept humble so he could be serving God. Say amen. But this third heaven is what I want to talk about. This place, our home, 
our eternal home, our everlasting home, a place of reunion. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. It's going to be a day of reunion. It's going to be a place where we'll see our loved ones. I've got so many I can't wait to see. I've got so many I can't wait to talk to. I've got, man, I've got people and family and friends that's waiting on me on that other side. And I'm telling you, I'm feeling a tug place of reunion, a place of removal where there's going to be things taken away that, that break our hearts and cause us to cry. What a place that's going to be. Let me give you three quick things and then, and then just preach that last point just a second. In this, in this chapter, we see just a couple of things. Number one, I want you to see, number one, I want you to see the company in heaven. Now, how many of y'all understand what I'm talking about? What I'm talking about? We have, we have where God is, heaven paradise the third heaven if you're with me say amen now that's what we're going to talk about we see number one we see the company in heaven the company in heaven and i i heard let's look at verse three i'm going to come back to verse two on that last point because that's really want to hunker down right there but verse three and i heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and be their God. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, God was there at the, at the, the Ark of the Covenant. God was there at the tabernacle. He followed them with, a, with fire by night and a cloud by day. When the cloud moved, they moved. When the fire moved, they moved. When the fire stayed, they stayed. God was there in his Shekinah glory. But man could not go into the presence of God. Man could not go into the holiness of God because God is so holy and so righteous and so pure. Listen, our, our utter sinfulness, it cannot stay in the same place. Just like light, when light comes, darkness has to go. When darkness comes, light has to go. They are polar opposites. They cannot be in the same place at the same time. And God's holiness and man's sinfulness will not go together. That's why he was behind the curtain. He was behind that veil there in the tabernacle and also in the temple. And the one man could only go once a year into that holy place, into the Shekinah glory of God. Listen, when you say, what is that Shekinah glory? I, 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 I picture it as a brilliant light. As Moses went up into Mount Sinai and he spent those 40 days with God, the Bible said when he came down over that mountain, his face was glowing from the glory of God. And that, that high priest could only go into that, that veiled area once a year, but he could not go without blood because blood covered sin. Blood had to come. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross so I and you, we could both go into the presence of God. But we are talking about a day and a time that's coming where there will be no veil. There will be no separation. There will be nothing to withhold us from being in the very presence of God, man to man, close up, a physical relationship where we could see and touch the Lord Jesus Christ. One day, nothing will separate us. One day we're going to be in his presence. David thought so much about the presence and the, and, and the power of God that he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. He said, this one thing, I, I, I would, listen, I want, to, I want to dwell in the temple. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Man, he loved to be in the presence of God. Why? He said it clearly in the Psalms, in Psalm 1611. 
He said, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. The devil will tell you there's pleasure in alcohol, in drugs, in illicit behavior, and all of these things. But David said, let me tell you something. There's a place in the presence of God where you will have happiness and joy unspeakable and full of glory. And one day there will be nothing to separate us from the very presence of God. The company in heaven. We're going to keep company with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going to hobnob, rub elbows with. We're going to hang out with the one who spoke this world into existence. Oh, that's disrespectful talking about that. Are you kidding me? I used to think that too until I read where Jesus was hanging out, rubbing elbows with sinners at the wedding, rubbing elbows. Everywhere he went, he loved hanging out with sinners. Listen, we need to, we need to understand that Jesus is a people person. We have this image of somebody floating around in a cloud somewhere. Jesus is a human being. He's a human being. He's all man, but he's all God. And he loves you and me. When they had the Last Supper, he said, boy, I couldn't wait for this. I couldn't wait till we could sit down and fellowship together. I know I'm fixing to die. I know I'm fixing to go back to that. But boy, I could not wait to sit down and eat with y'all. And the Bible says he loved them to the end. We're going to get to hang out with him. The company in heaven. Then number two, look at this. It says in verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Psalms 30 verse 5 says, For, this, for his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Preacher, what are you saying? Paul said it in Romans, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time cannot even be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in that day. The splendor. You know what? It's, it's kind of like this. When a, when a lady goes through the, the birth pains, when the lady goes through the birth pains and that labor pains, and Miss April, she just, she just had her baby tater, and April had, had, had little Lily Reese. And they called me. I was at the hospital with Miss O'Brien, and they went into labor up here. So I said, as soon as I get through down here, I'll come up there. And, 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 and about, about, halfway, about halfway up, they called me and said, look, she's not going to be able to have an epidural. It's going to be the real deal. And I, all the way home, I said, oh, God, let her have that baby before I get there. In Jesus' name, please let her have that baby before I get there. And the Lord answered my prayer. Amen. I walked up the stairs. Am I telling the truth, Bruce? I walked up the stairs and said, well, she just got here. I said, hallelujah, God answers prayer. Amen. And that, that, that difficulty and that pain and that suffering, boy, when that baby arrives, it's laid in the arms and the hands. It's all gone. It's all gone. Listen, it's one day all these tears, all this suffering, all these misunderstandings, all the disagreements, all the things that, that, that cause tears to come to our eyes, all the things we don't understand, all the things we can't figure out. Why would God do this? Or why would God operate? Why would God take me out of this to put me in this? Or why would God allow this to happen in my life? Why would God take this from me? Why would God cause this to be in my life? One day it's going to be. We ain't going to care a bit. 
Because God is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. The comfort in heaven. Can you imagine never being hungry again? Can you imagine never being thirsty again? Can you imagine never being sick again? Can you imagine never hurting again? There's sometimes I'll sit in a chair if we've been busy all day, especially when we're, we've been working here. And, and by the way, you need to get Brother Kendrick to give you a tour of the back back there. We've been doing some work back there and remodeling a little bit so we can let everybody know that we care about their children. Amen. They are a priority to Temple Baptist Church. Your kids are a priority to us. And, and, and Brother Kendrick, you're, if, let them, take them through and show them everything. And Boy, we've been working like dogs. I mean, and, 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 and everything's fine as long as you keep moving. But if you ever stop, I'm like, oh, 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 somebody shoot me now, please. But you know what? We're going to a place where they don't even have Tylenol. Because you ain't going to need it. Brother, Brother Will, you, your back ain't never going to hurt again. How many of y'all have ever had a migraine? How many of y'all have? Many of y'all have you, you've never had a migraine. Never had. I hate all of y'all. Every, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. How many of y'all, how many of y'all have ever had a, uh, 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 help me, help me, Jesus, and a, 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 a liver stone, a kidney stone? You can have a liver stone. You don't know. That's why it hurts so bad, people. Amen. <laughs> kidney stone. You had a kidney stone. Help me, Lord. That's the most painful thing I've ever had in my life. I went to the hospital. I was out coon hunting one night, come in about 2 o'clock in the morning. And I mean, I was hurting. Oh, I knew there was something wrong. And I said, well, I, if I lay down, it'll go away. I laid down about five seconds, and I went to get back up. And Tammy woke up and said, said honey, what's wrong? I said, I'm dying. I don't know if somebody stabbed me in the back while I was hunting. I don't know what's happened. I'm, I'm, I'm she said, well, let me get the kids up. And I said, I'm going now. I can't wait on you. And I did. I got in the car, and I was, all, I was looking through the middle of the, the steering wheel because I couldn't get up high enough to look over. And I got to there. I got to the hospital, and, 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 and there wasn't nobody in there. Thank the Lord in heaven. God had mercy on me right there. They wheeled me right on in, put an IV, and I told them where I was hurting, and, I, and they knew what it was. And, and, they, and they put some medicine in, in there, and I was just bowed up on that bed, and I'm, I'm about to die. And that nurse coming here, I said, ma'am, I promise you, I promise you, I am not no sissy, but I'm about to die. You're going to have to help me. She said, I'll be right back. She came back. I'm telling you, Brother Meherg, there was something about that big. I don't even know what it was. I have no idea what it was, but it was about that much. And she stuck in that IV, and I could feel it going up in my arm. And, man, when it got to my chest, I said, hey. (laughs) Now, people, I've never been drunk a day in my life. I've never been on anything. But I'm telling you, I'd have kissed her right in the mouth to get that again. Say amen. I was hurting so bad, and man, it just, I mean, just. She said, you just lay down and go to sleep. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Next thing I do, open my eyes, and Tammy was looking at me. Hey. <laughs> she just got her out of bed 3 o'clock in the morning. But you know what? It, there was no pain. You know what, guys? There's so many people. We can, you, you can look your nose down in, at people with addictions. 
But 98% of them, it's, it's, not about, it's not about recreation. It's about a wound and a hurt that's happened in their life. That they're just wanting it to quit hurting. Well, y'all, I got good news for you. One day, we're going to step into a street of gold. And God's going to, and it won't never hurt again. How many of y'all are looking for that day? Say amen. The company in heaven, the comfort in heaven. But then I want you to see this. The citizens in heaven. Verses 7 and 8. Verses 7 and 8. He that overcometh. Now, we done clarified. We've already clarified that the overcomers are those that are saved, those that are born again. We, we read that in Revelations chapters 2 and 3 in the seven letters to the churches. The overcomers are the redeemed. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable, the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Look in verse number Look in verse number 27, the last verse in the chapter. And there shall be, er, er, excuse me, and there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Who are the citizens in heaven? Those that have trusted in Christ as their personal Savior. Those that one day in your life the Lord Jesus came and, and begin to convict you of sin. Begin to convict you of, 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 listen, what you are standing beside him. Not what you are standing beside your neighbor. Because what you are standing beside your neighbor does not matter. It is irrelevant. You may look good compared to your neighbor. Your life may stack up pretty good compared to your friend or your family. But you will not be standing beside them at the judgment. You will be standing in front of a holy God. And the only way you'll pass that judgment is if you have the righteousness that only Christ can give. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Are you going? Do you have your citizen card? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about my home. Do you have a minute? No, really, that's when you answer. Do you have a minute? Okay, all right. I thought y'all was ready to go. Amen, all right. He said, I saw a, a city coming down out of God, from God, out of heaven. Look in verse number two. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And the Bible says this in verse number, uh, verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit in a great, to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now, let's talk about this just a minute and we're going to pray. You remember when I said before I used to think about heaven is this place where God is. And, and heaven is where we're going to be. And then we, we would read about the city of God. The city of God. Coming down, you know, out of, and, and I would think that this is where God's hanging out. This is God's home. This is God's palace. This is, as a little kid, that's what I would think. This is heaven. I mean, this city, this four square city, this 1500 mile, anywhere you want to go, four square city, this is where God hangs out. This is the home of God. And then it dawned on me 
Listen, this can't be. A God, a God who is holding the earth in his hands, and earth is nothing but a speck of dust in his hand, he's going to need a bigger house than 1,500 miles. I need a witness. And this is not heaven. This city that we're reading about, this city of gold, this four-square city that's 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles thick, or excuse me, high. This city who has walls that are 72 yards thick. This city whose walls are around with 12 gates to the city, three gates on each side, 12 foundations underneath this city. This is not God's house. This is a city coming down out of heaven, out of paradise. Let me give you this this way. The city of New York. The city of New York is just one little city, but it's in in the state of New York. And that state of New York is in the country of America. Now, are y'all with me now? Listen, heaven is a great place. Paradise is a huge place. This is just one city coming down out of heaven. One city. This city is not... Listen, it's not Coleman, it's not Huntsville, it's not Atlanta, it's not Jacksonville. I, is the largest city, is it still Atlanta? Is, it, what, is there any that's bigger than that now? Or New York? What, what's the, anybody, know, anybody know the largest city in America? New York City, maybe? Uh, and, and it's, you know, whatever miles it is, it's not 1,500 miles. In this city, you say, what is this city? I believe this city is this. In John chapter number 14. It says, when Jesus uh, seen his disciples were upset, he, they, they knew that he was fixing to die and go away. He said, look, guys, look, you don't understand. And he always used the, 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 the typology of a wedding. He was the bridegroom. The church is the bride. He said, I've got to go and prepare you a place. We have become engaged. We are going to be together forever. We're going to have a relationship forever, but I've got to go prepare you a place. Because the groom would come and and make the contract or the covenant with the bride and say, will you be mine forever? And she would either say yes or no. If she said yes, they would give a token of seal, whether it it would be a ring or whether it would be, I've read where some would have headbands with coins in them that would seal and say, hey, I'm giving you this kind of as a down payment till I return. Now I must go and prepare you a place. And that bridegroom-to-be would leave the bride. She would begin to prepare for the wedding. He would go back to the Father's house. Say amen. He would go back to the father's house. At the father's property, there would be a wall around that place, and they would build additional rooms upon that wall on the father's property. And that would be the wedding chamber. That would be where that place was prepared when he went and got his bride. Now, when all of that was ready and the father saw that it would be sufficient for the family, he would say, okay, son, go get your bride. Jesus said, no man knows the hour, but my father in heaven. Now, Jesus right now is preparing us a place. It says, let not your heart be troubled. John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my father's house or many mansions if when I saw I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also I believe the city coming down out of heaven I believe this four square city is the place that Jesus is preparing for his bride somebody say amen he's preparing a place for you he's preparing a great place a beautiful place a wonderful place. Church, say amen. I'm looking for that place. 
I'm not going to preach this part. Just write this down. Just write this down. Don't you see the measurements of this place? The measurements he gives in, in this chapter we see. He said in verse number, he said in verse number 12, and I had a, and had a great wall, great and high, 12 gates. At the gates, 12 angels. And the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes, there is an awesome message in that right there. There'll be 12 gates to the city. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many of y'all have ever heard that song? We may have to learn it before Sunday. Every tribe's name means something when it comes to salvation. We may have to preach that next week. That'd be a good one. Amen. 12 gates. At the gates, 12 angels. And names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that taught with me had a golden reed to measure the city and gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square. And the length is as large as the breadth and measured the city with a reed. 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. That's 1,500 miles. 1,500 miles. And he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits according to the measure of a man. That's roughly 72 to 75 yards thick. That is of the angel. And the building of the wall was of it like jasper. Some have compared that to a diamond clear crystal and the city was pure gold like in the clear glass and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones and all these and you look and read from verse 19 all the way through 20 uh, it gives all the different jewels all the different uh, precious stones that it, it is garnished with then it says in the 12 gates were 12 pearls every several gate was one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold as it were transparent glass the measurements of the city, the materials of the city. But then, as we close, don't you see the majesty of the city? The majesty of the city. And I saw no temple therein, verse 22. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. The Lamb is the light thereof, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall no wise enter in anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. No need of sun. I like the song, The Unclouded Day. Say, why? How do you know it's going to be an unclouded day? Because there ain't going to be no sun to block it. All the light's coming from the ground. Say amen. His glory will be shining. It'll be so radiant. It will be so beautiful. It'll be so majestic. And we're going to be there forever and ever and ever and ever. I used to think when I was a little old bitty kid, because you understand that I do have a attention deficit disorder, and uh, I, you know, I, I I never got riddling; I just got a whooping. And uh, my father felt like that was very much more effective. Amen. I don't, I don't know, but I used to think, man, we're gonna get bored. I mean, what are we going to, what is there, 
What is there going to be able to do up there? Then I got to thinking. The one that gave me, Brother Chris, the vivid imagination that I got, he's the one that's designing it all. A thousand years on this earth, we're going to come back and reign and live and worship. How many of y'all have ever, and this is, this is, this is, this is where some people are different because they've never been in a service where it was real, sure enough, good. If you've ever been in a service where, where you know, you cry and you can't help it, you, 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 you smile and you can't, I mean, God is just so real, it's almost like you could feel him in the room. And there's something that takes place. You don't even, you don't even want to leave. You don't want the service to end. You just want to just keep on singing or, or keep on, or, or what? You just don't want it to end because you're in his presence. You know, that's what it's going to be like. It ain't going to matter. Because when you get in his presence, there's joy forevermore. When you get in his presence, there's pleasure forevermore. I'm telling you, there's more pleasure in the presence of God than anything you could ever put in a needle, anything you could ever put in a bottle. There's more pleasure in God than you can ever get off an internet site somewhere. I'm telling you, we're going to be in the presence of God. And it's going to be so awesome. It is going to be breathtaking. It is going to be unbelievable. I've never seen it. I've never been there. I've seen it on pictures, but they say it don't work. It don't do you justice. There's certain things. There's certain things. Now, imagine it this way. There's certain things in, in, in life and in, in, in this country that they say you just have to be there. Brother uh, Dustin, wherever he's at, they went to, uh, they went to uh, the Grand Canyon a few months ago or a couple years ago, whenever, and, 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 and I've been told, I've been told that you just walk up to it and it's just, it just takes your breath away. I mean, it is just unbelievable. You just can't even, your mind can't even imagine this big hole in the ground. I mean, it's incredible. I've heard that when you walk up to Niagara Falls, that the roaring and the sound, and it's just, just so unbelievable. But you just, there's no words. There's no words. But that is in his hand. And the one that we're going to be rubbing elbows with. How did he, how did the Grand Canyon get there? He dug it out with his fingernail. Are y'all getting this? Your God ain't big enough to you. That's why you're worrying about your bills. That's why you're worrying about that doctor's visit. That's why we can't focus on the will of God and we can't focus on seeking the kingdom because we're so, our God to us is so small. We need to start thinking about heaven some more. We need to think about what he has done. Now look, if he can pave his street with gold, your bills are no problem. Y'all with me? Heaven. Have you felt the tug lately? Does the economy make you want to go? Does the sicknesses that are spreading, are you feeling the tug of home? Well, listen, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, 